0: Good morning church. How are y'all today? Good, good. My name is Wyn Durong. I am an apprentice here, but also a church planter in Montrose for Oikos. And, uh, and Ian and Nicole were up here from our, our team that's planting a church in Montrose, and we are about to celebrate our one-year birthday. So we're pretty excited about that in September. And so uh, I am excited and thankful that you guys let me preach here today, that I'm able to, to give the words to you from the Lord. And so with that is uh, we are in our last week of love or fear, our last week of the series Love or Fear. And hopefully by now you guys will choose love, but we're going to talk about it anyways. So as we are looking at our lives, as we um, go throughout our everyday life is I will say that we make decisions based on a certain point of view that we have a lens that we view our life through that affects our relationships that affects our understanding of other people that affects our understanding of ourselves and so if you are somebody that loves control is you're going to probably make decisions based upon your control right that maybe you've been in a circumstance or a situation where you've completely been out of control, where it was maybe something outside of your control came in and made you do something you didn't want to do. And so from that point forward, you, you told yourself, I'm never going to be out of control, so I'm going to try to make everything I do about me and, and what I can do. Or maybe you have felt unloved for a lot of your life and so you enter into a relationship where you know that person doesn't really love you but you can't see outside of that and so you choose to remain in that situation because you want to feel loved you want to feel secure or maybe you have the approval of other people and so when you walk into a room or when you get dressed in the morning is you're constantly thinking about, will these shoes look nice? Will this whale shirt look okay? Will what I put on impress people, or will they think I'm dirty or ugly or unwanted? And maybe so you you have this approval that you want from other people, and so it affects how you live life. And if you're like me, is the fear of commitment maybe comes in and creeps in a little bit. Maybe that you don't really want to jump all in in a situation, and so you teeter back and forth, in and out, because you don't really fully want to commit, because maybe somebody let you down, that committed to you and, and left you. But we all have these, these lenses that we see life through. And for me, is, is mine's part on it's hard for me to commit. Um, as I was thinking of a story to share with you, um, my wife reminded me of how we first started dating so so when we first started dating i asked rachel if she wanted to go out on a date and i didn't actually ask her that i sent her a text message saying if if we if if i was to ask you out would you say yes and so it really wasn't even it was you know i put her in the spot to make the decision you know i didn't ask her say hey i want to go out with you so then we we go out on a date and it was excellent and i asked her to be my girlfriend and I think it was two days later, uh, I'm hanging out with Rachel again, and I tell her, hey, you know so how I asked you to be my girlfriend? Maybe, maybe we should just be friends. And guys out there that are single or dating, that is not good marriage advice. <laughs> Don't take that one. And, and so she tells me, uh, from her perspective, she was like, yeah, I thought you were crazy. I thought you were, didn't know what, you weren't all right up here. <laughs> and she, she still tells me that today. And part of that, it is definitely true. So we have these lenses that we see through life. And so for me, my view on a relationship was you can just mess around. You can just be in one day and out the next. You can retreat because that's okay. And so that's how I viewed my relationship. And it wasn't just with Rachel, it was with people too. I can do what I want when I want to. I don't have to commit to them. So we all have these lenses that we view our life through that affects our decisions. And so today we're going to hear a story of three women. And these three women, um, they had a pretty severe thing happen to them. Um, So there's three women, Ruth. Naomi and Orpah. And their story is filled with heartbreak. So, Naomi is a, uh, had a husband and they, she had two sons. And Ruth married one son and Orpah married the other. Well, Naomi's fa- uh, husband passed away. And so the estate went down to the sons. Shortly after Naomi's husband passed away, Naomi's sons passed away. So, that left Orpah, Ruth, and Naomi. All as widows. And back in that time, if you didn't have a male person to pass the estate to, uh, pass the, the, the land, the house, the animals to, is, it would just get sold and that was it. And so when uh, Naomi's husband passed the, the estate down to her sons and the sons passed away, Ruth, Naomi, and Orpah had no say in what was going to happen. And so we'll jump in we'll hear the second half of the story here
1: at the end of the harvest naomi said to ruth i'm going to make sure you're cared for here's what you're to do take a bath and put on some perfume dress in your best clothes boaz and his men will be working late tonight at the threshing floor when they're done they'll eat and drink and then sleep on the threshing floor to protect the brain go there But don't let the men see you watch carefully and note where boaz lies down once everyone is asleep uncover his feet and lie down next to them when he wakes up he'll explain what you're to do so ruth went to where the men were working and hid in the shadows she watched carefully until she saw boaz and the others lay down on the threshing floor their heads were towards the grain with their feet pointing out once they were asleep She quietly uncovered the feet of Boaz and lay down. During the night, Boaz realized there was a woman lying at his feet. He said, Who are you? She said, I am Ruth. Spread your protection over me because you're my closest relative. He said, The Lord bless you. You didn't come to the village looking for a husband, rich or poor. Instead, you proved yourself to be a woman of integrity. Still, there is a next of kin who is closer than I. In the morning, I'll talk to him and give him an opportunity to redeem you. If he doesn't, I will. For now, it's not safe to go home in the night. I'll send you there in the morning." She lay at his feet until morning and then got up while it was still dark. Boaz gave her grain to take to Naomi. Ruth told her mother-in-law everything that happened. Naomi said, "'Now you're to wait. Boaz won't rest until this matter is settled.' That day, Boaz arranged a meeting with the next of kin and the elders of the city. He said, Naomi has come back from Moab and is selling her husband's land. You're the closest relative. Buy it in the presence of these elders. And if you don't, I'll buy it. The man was quick to answer, I'll buy it. Boaz went on to explain, well, when you buy it, you must also marry Ruth, the Moabite woman. This will keep the family name with the property. The man said, I can't marry this woman. It would ruin my family name. You have my permission to buy the property. With that, the man took off his sandals and handed it to Boaz. That made the deal legally binding. Boaz held the sandal out to the elders. You are the witnesses that I just bought the property that belongs to Naomi's husband and sons. And because of that, Ruth will become my wife. People had gathered around and were watching all of this. The elder said, yes, we've seen the whole thing. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord bless this woman who will become your wife. So Boaz took Ruth as his wife and in the course of time, she gave birth to a son named Oeb. He had a son named Jesse, who became the father of a shepherd boy named David. He became the great king of Israel
0: so fear affects our decisions and so for Orpah and Ruth is they had a decision that they had to make do I stick with my mother-in-law Naomi or do I try to find another way that I can make a life for myself and so they had a decision to make and I think likewise for us is every day is full of decisions. Like our bumper video says, is every day we have a decision. Do we live out, out of love or do we live out of fear? And so Orpah had a decision to make. And this is what it says in Ruth chapter one. Again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. So fear, we make decisions based out of fear. And what happens when we make decisions based out of fear is it limits our view on what the future is. So if you're fearful of being out of control, is you create a reality for yourself, that is where you are in control. Or if you are, have a fear of being abandoned, is you create a ra- reality where you're not abandoned. And those aren't bad things, right? But for Orpah, she had a decision to make. Do I stick with my mother-in-law or do I go back to the previous life I had? And so for Orpa, she could not see what the future would hold, She could not see what was beyond what she wanted to do. And so she thought it would be best to go back to her people and back to her gods. And so I think we do the same in our lives. is when we can't understand what's going to happen next, or we can't see what the future is like because of fear— is we turn back and go where we came from. Because that's what fear tells us to do, doesn't it? Fear tells us you don't need to change. You don't need to step into something new because you're fine where you're at. Actually, better yet, it's fine to go back to where you were. And so fear tells us that it's okay to stick with a relationship that's toxic because you can't do better. Aren't you scared that you're going to be alone if you leave this person? Are you scared that you're going to be unloved if you stay with this person? Fear tells us that it's better to try to control everything than maybe simply pause for a second and say maybe there's a bigger picture here. Or maybe fear tells us you need to provide for yourself because no one else will. And so fear keeps us where we are at and does not let us see the future. So for Orpah, if she went back to her people and her gods because she saw a future there, a future with her, maybe some family, maybe some friends, maybe a life that she knew previously. But she wasn't able to see what God was going to do with her sister-in-law and with her mother-in-law. And so fear limits our view On the future and fear tells us to go back to where we came from but what we have and what Ruth had and what Naomi had was a God that takes fear and makes it into something that is good so we have a God that takes fear and tells us you're scared of being out of control well guess what I'm the God that's in control of everything you can fear me. Are you scared of not being able to provide for yourself? Well, guess what? I'm the God that provides you with everything that you need. You're God that you, you feel like you're unlovable and that you can't be loved? Well, guess what? I'm the God of love. And so he takes, he takes our fears, our biggest fears, and he brings them to himself and says, Guess what? I'm better. I'm better than all those things. I'm greater than all of those things. And I am in control. I love. I believe in you more than anyone else does. Because I can see what's coming next. So God takes our fears and makes them into something good. Because of this is we can actually fear God. We can actually fear who He is. And what this means is we can believe that God's going to do something that we cannot do. When we fear God, is we say, I respect you. I know that you're the provider. I know that you're the caregiver. And so I know who that's who you are. And sometimes it, it creates this fear in me that I have to let go of my past and step into something new but I know it's good because you're with me. So where you're calling me, God, is scary and fearful, but I'm with you, so I I know that it's good. So God takes these fears and says, fear me, not these things of this world. Fear what I can do in your life, not what these fears will do to you. And so we have stories in Scripture where we see God um, telling his people to fear him. And so we have the Israelites in the, in the desert, um, in Egypt, before they go into the desert, is, is God is telling Moses, hey, leave uh, this powerful country of Egypt. Get out of there. And the Israelites feared him enough to believe that God would actually do what he said he was going to do. That the fear of God was greater than the fear of death that was coming from the Egyptians, from Pharaoh to come chase after them. They feared God enough that it was worth taking a risk on him. And we have stories in scripture as well of, of faithful people putting their lives on the line to follow. We have Rahab who feared God enough that she would sit in the wall of Jericho and help the Israelites conquer Jericho. That she feared that she could obey God because obeying God was a good thing, and so in our lives as well, as we can look and we can see areas where the Lord's calling us out of fear and into fearing Him, but it's but it's hard. It's hard to let go of these areas. It's hard to believe that God is actually good enough to fear. I think quite often for me is I love to sit in my fear and make excuses for myself. I love to sit in my fear and say, it's okay to be here. God, I know you want something different for me, but I'm just going to sit and stay. But he's calling us out of that to be with him today. Because when we're with God, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out everything that we think is greater than God. So fearing God also keeps us from craving into those those desires, those sinful desires that we have. It keeps us from craving into the times that we want to control, the times that we are scared that we're unloved, the times that we want to talk trash about our neighbors, the times that we think that the Lord is not going to provide the times that we don't want to pray for our coworker, or pray for our neighbors, or pray for the homeless guy that's at the corner asking us for money, to just simply roll down our window and have a conversation, is it keeps us from craving into our sinful desires. And so, when we fear God, it paints a picture of our future. When we fear God, it gives us a view of what's to come. And this might sound crazy might sound crazy for some of you, but God actually knows your future better than you do. He actually knows what's going to come next, and oftentimes you don't. That God has a better view on our future than we could ourselves, and I think that's what fear tells us, right? That if you turn off the lights, it's going to be dark in here, and I'm going to be scared of the dark, of what's going to be out there that we 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 assume that something's going to be out there or if we go up on a tall building is we have a fear of heights because we assume that we're going to fall off the building or if we go out into the ocean is we are scared of sharks it's it's shark week isn't it and you're (laughs) you're scared that a shark's going to come get you at least that's that's for me and so we assume with the with these fears that something's going to happen that we can perceive ourselves but with Jesus and with God is fearing him gives us a future of what's to come so today you might be fearful of where the next meal is going to come from or the next paycheck well guess what god's in control and god's the provider So you can rely that he's going to come through even if the job doesn't or if you're hopeful that the relationship you're in right now is going to come through and that you'll find significance within it because guess what god's going to find significance in you and your relationship with him and his relationship with you so god paints a much better picture than what we create for ourselves I was talking with Anthony this morning and I asked him how he was doing and he said, you know what? I just love my life. And so if you ever talked with Anthony for five seconds is you see the joy inside of him, right? You see this joy that he's like, oh man, this is the best day ever. Because he's living in, a, in the presence. He living, he's living in the moment that he can see that circumstances may be kind of off today. But you know what? I'm with God. And I know a future with him is much more secure than what I could create myself. And so what do our fears, what do your fears have before God anyways? What does your fear have before God anyways? And so Orpah, she made a decision. I would... Be willing to bet. She made a decision out of out of fear. And then this is what Ruth making the same decision. This is what Ruth responds to Naomi. But Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and I'll be buried there. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited about their arrival. Because Ruth feared God, because Ruth believed that God was going to do what he said he was going to do, that she was able to view her life not through the lens of fear, but through the lens of love. I'm sure she had a lot of questions, probably the same questions that or- as Orpa had. How am I going to be provided for? What's my future going to look like? How will I make it? I'm sure she had all those same questions, But instead of turning back to where she came from, Ruth stepped into what the Lord was calling her into and into the love of her mother-in-law. And she said, may the Lord punish me severely if I do anything different than what I say. May the Lord punish me if I don't believe him enough to carry me through. And so she saw this opportunity through the lens of love. That because she trusted God, that she was able to make that decision out of love. And so in our, in our faith, in our Lutheran heritage, as we are gifted with, um, many of you all know, what we call the catechism. And this is a tool that we give our parents to help disciple their children. To give them uh, testimony of faith. To give them encouragement. To give them uh, the, the perimeters of, of how we view God and how we view life. And the Catechism is full of of great examples of how we interpret what happens in our life. And for any good Lutheran, as we know that a lot of these um, sentences that start an interpretation, that that starts a view of of these hard questions, is it it says, we should fear and love God so that we can blank, 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 blank. We should fear and love God that I can understand him more. And so this is a question that is asked throughout the catechism is what does this mean? And so I think for our lives is we encounter plenty of circumstances and plenty of situations where we ask ourselves what does this mean? That we ask ourselves how is this going to happen? We ask ourselves I'm just gonna I just got pregnant and I don't know how we're gonna make it. What does this mean? Or I lost my job. I'm trying to find another one, but I haven't been able to find it. What does this mean? I lost a loved one. What does this mean for my future? And Luther gives the response. We should fear and love God so that we can blink. And so I will be willing to say today that as we view our lives, it doesn't have to be through fear or love, but it can be through fear and love. Not fear of our circumstances or love of our circumstances, but fear of God and love of God. Because that helps us see a future that paints a picture for the future of what it looks like to understand where we're at. Because when we fear God, we trust him. And when we love God, we know that he's got the best for us. So we can fear and love God. And we can see our future. That We don't have to continue to view life the same way that we do not have to view our life through fear any longer. And this is evident through our Lord and Savior, Jesus. That he feared God and loved his people so much that he'd be willing to do everything for us, to risk everything for you, to endure the fears that come with a life of ridicule and rejection because the Son of Man, as it says in Scripture, did not even have a place to lay his head. That he'd be willing to endure all of that, which would create a massive amount of fear in my life and probably yours as well, that he would endure all of that because he loved us so much that he wanted to go to the cross and sacrifice it all so that we can know what the love of the Father is like. That we can know the love and the depth to which Jesus would go for each and every one of us. And so we have a brand new look and a brand new lens on life with Jesus. That as we look at our lives, as we look through all the things that happen, as we look through the goods and the bads, as we can start seeing things through the lens That Jesus is sitting and standing and walking right next to us. That he's gone behind us, he's with us, and he's going long before us. That's a lens that we can look through life with. That we can see that Christ is walking through everything with us. So what do we have to fear? What is there to be scared of when we have Christ with us? And so for Ruth, if she wanted to see what a future with God, God looked like. And when she made that decision to stick with her mother-in-law and to continue on to Bethlehem, is I don't think she had any clue that the Messiah was actually going to come through her lineage. I don't think she had any clue that her grand, great-grandson was going to be the king of Israel. Because I think if she would have seen that stuff, it would have been an easy decision, right? Like, oh, if I just go over here, then my grandson's going to be king? Well, great, I'll do that. (laughs) But we don't have that, we don't get that pleasure to see what's going to happen. But she had faith that she could trust the Lord, that she could fear God, and that he was going to get her through even until death, just like Jesus did that he would stick it to it all the way through death. And so when we look at the story of Ruth, as we look at her dedication to her mother-in-law and her dedication to what the Lord is calling her into, is I think of the word loyalty. I think of the word loyalty in that she was loyal to her mother-in-law to the point of death. And she gives a, beautiful line in there. Wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And she was loyal to Naomi. I think that's who we have as a God as well, is that we have a loyal God. A God that says, I will go wherever you go. Your people will be my people. I'll stick by your side, even if you choose not to follow me. Even if you choose fear, even if because you live in fear, I will walk with you. Because I'm so much greater than that stuff. And I'm loyal to you, each and every one of you, each and every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you that you are a God that cares about your people and a God that is loyal to your people, that you would walk down any road with us, even one that is not marked out by you, that you will stick with us. And so help us to trust you today. Help us to fear you today today. Because we know that you're so much greater than any temptation in this world. And bring us out of the darkness, bring us out of the fear, and into your love today. Take anything in our hearts away that is not of you, and allow us to believe in you. And through your Holy Spirit, Lord, let us believe in your death and resurrection. That your loyalty didn't stop at just being a friend, but into being our Savior. And so help us to believe today. We ask this all in your name, Lord. Amen.